You're listening to the Shared Value Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Shared Value Project and the Shared Value Initiative. It's a place where leaders from around the world talk about the business of solving social issues. In this episode, Peter Yates, Chair of the Shared Value Project, explores how ideas can change the world with Daniel Epstein, the founder and CEO of The Unreasonable Group. Peter and Daniel continue the conversation from our recent podcast with Mark Thane from Barclays. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me here in New York. It's uh, great to see you and congratulations on your uh, presentation uh, earlier in the plenary session. Thank you. Um, Daniel, uh, shared value, the examples that you presented, um, uh, you're clearly passionate about the concept of shared value. Um, how did you first uh, come uh, into the, uh, the shared value world? Uh, touching on the earlier conversation, we didn't call what we were doing shared value. We didn't have language for it. And, and remarkably, language is a very liberated and powerful thing. You can put nomenclature on something, but you, when we started Unreasonable about a decade ago, uh, the belief was that yeah, from a first principles perspective that all entrepreneurs design solutions to problem sets. And we figured, well, if we're going to back entrepreneurs as an organization, why not solely focus on backing entrepreneurs that if they're successful, you know, they, they bend the arc of history in the right direction. To us, it was just more exciting, but also it felt smarter. So at Unreasonable, we're taking a 100-year kind of vision uh, and strategy for the company, and, and we desperately believe that if, if companies make money off of solving problems, right, off of creating value, then the heart of the problem is that they solve the more value they create, therefore the more valuable the business will be. That just seems to make sense, and so that's why we went that route and then stumbled in to the shared value community and said, okay, these are my people. Right? I felt like a misfit for the last decade, and now I can seek refuge amongst fellow misfits. And I, and I, think, I think it's amazing, because people obviously have been doing this for you know, a lot longer than even we have, um, but by putting language on it, you can create a center of gravity that brings together all these different actors who can really help move the needle faster. And I think that, you know, I got exposed to the community, I think it was about two years ago. Um, and we've created a number of partnerships and a lot of good friendships from it. And I think what I found particularly interesting about the cases is that, um, you know, we've spoken uh, at our conferences on, on many occasions about that corporates, um, in order to find shared value opportunities, they, they need to unleash the entrepreneurs mm. within their organisations because um, it's actually quite difficult for outsiders like NGOs to find, they might know what the social problem is, but it's quite difficult for them to find the entrepreneur mm. buried somewhere in a company that's mm. going to be able to mobilise a company's resources yep. to solve that problem. Um, kind of what you've done mm. um, is, is you've found the entrepreneur and made them the entrepreneur. Um, tell me about that process. How do we find the entrepreneurs? How do you find the entrepreneurs? And how? why is it that you've been so successful in making them effectively the entrepreneurs? Yeah. Because sometimes you you've, had, you've, had, you've had big corporates be sponsors, yeah. but more often in your examples, actually the big They're corporates were, were aware of the problem, but they didn't have the yeah. entrepreneur totally. to solve it. And you've totally. made that entrepreneur like, like an entrepreneur. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So there's maybe um, two points to that. One is, this is really broad, but uh, we, we think CSR is the new R&D, kind of to, to your point, um, in some ways. But how do we bridge the divide between these entrepreneurs with these you know, bleeding-edge breakthrough solutions and some of the large multinationals of the world uh, who obviously move slower? 
part of it was a genuine posturing and belief uh, that they are, they actually can kind of productively collaborate. Uh, and what, what I mean by that is we, we looked at multinationals and realized, okay, well, what they're best in the world at global operations, you know, managing 100,000 uh, employees across 100 different countries, whatever that might be, they're best at scaling what works. I, what they struggle with is what's going to be the next new disruptive technology, how do they innovate and prototype quickly. Uh, what entrepreneurs are best in the world at is understanding that bleeding edge technology, they can move, you know, they can turn on a dime, uh, and, and they can take much larger risk, but what they struggle with is once that technology is proven, how they take it to scale. And we just realized that, you know, clearly there is an opportunity to bridge these two communities without a power dynamic and say, let's just maximize what we're both, what we're both best at. Uh, and so how do, how do we find the entrepreneurs themselves? Uh, you know, we don't, we don't work with the next new thing. We scale what is working. So we scour the globe. We have about 300 partners we call pipeline partners. And these are private equity funds, sovereign wealth funds, um, global foundations like the Gates Foundations, innovation centers like the Media Lab at MIT. Uh, and we reach out to them and we say, okay, we're going to look at a new space. We're going to look at fusion, right? Uh, we'll reach out across all our partners and say, if you were to bet on one fusion company on the planet today, what team would you bet on? Who's closest to cracking fusion energy, which would be unlimited clean energy for the world? Um, we'll also do a lot of primary research. We'll talk to scientists in the space and so on and so forth. Um, and then we handpick and we privately invite these entrepreneurs. Because um, what we learned is that the best entrepreneurs, they're too focused. Uh, you know, as they're on the front lines to actually look up and apply for something. So we'll handpick them privately, invite them. And I think the reason they show up, because our promise to them is you know, that, that we're here to scale whatever it is they're doing. And the way we're going to do that is connect them into the most scaled organizations. And so part of it is uh, a genuine belief that you can. Um, and the other part is removing the power dynamic, having the multinationals realize that they need these entrepreneurs to survive or else they're going to disrupt them and having the entrepreneurs realize that they need to actually work with the incumbents or else they're never going to hit scale. And we've seen uh, many examples that you've been involved in, but would you just like to share one uh, that might be of interest to our listeners? Yeah, okay, there's so many. Uh, let's go with an easier one yeah. uh, from, from earlier today. Um, so it's a company called Biocarbon Engineering. I had uh, it's amazing, just brilliant, brilliant global team. Um, and they all met each other because they're at NASA. A group of scientists and engineers, and they were set on the mission to figure out how to terraform Mars. So how do you bring you know, terrestrial life to Mars so then humans can show up? And they spent a lot of time in very remote um, you know, kind of regions of, of Earth uh, that uh, have very little life, um, that got as close to mimicking the climate at Mars as possible. Um, when they were there, they realized that you know, before we terraform Mars, we need to figure out how to re-terraform Earth. Um, uh, UNESCO says that we need 300 billion trees to be planted to hit homeostasis. Uh, so they created a drone company uh, where they can plant 100,000 trees in one day with one drone with one operator. Uh, their goal is to hit 300 billion trees in the next 30 years. Uh, and where this aligns with shared value is, of course, that is a potentially wildly profitable business. Uh, that can help halt and even reverse climate change, which is amazing. Uh, shared value is they're partnering with large mining companies who need to plant trees. They're partnering with governments. They're partnering with uh, reforestation businesses, but also their largest backer, their largest investor is Parrot, which is the largest drones company in the world. Uh, and so not only can multinationals participate with these companies by investing into them, but they can also become customers for them, which is you know what really takes them to scale faster. Mm -hmm. 
And um, these, uh, all these different opportunities, because they're shared value, they are creating profit. Absolutely. Um, do you have an investment sidecar? So we that, do. Um, and how do we get to participate in your investment sidecar? Because yeah. I saw some of these projects and I can imagine yeah. some of my fellow uh, uh, investors in Australia would love to be able to participate. How, how, do, you, how do we invest in these? In this so opportunity? it's a great, great question. Obviously, I love it. I, so we have, we have a private equity fund. Um, we're actually just on our first fund right now. And it, and it is certainly kind of outperforming market expectations while aligning with companies that are, you know, in some ways more effectively than any solution we've seen solving these problems we care about. Um, so, but we're, we're in that fund right now. We're looking at gearing up to launch an, a new financial vehicle. Um, we're actually looking to do that in partnership with Barclays um, because as you can imagine as well, they have a great deal of clients, pension funds and family offices who want to put money into things that can change the world and produce you know, great returns. Um, but we don't have that funding vehicle launched yet. So unfortunately, you can't right now. But what you can do, uh, our site is just reasonablegroup.com. My email address, daniel.reasonablegroup.com. Um, you know, reach out. We can we can introduce you to the entrepreneurs still. If you are an investor, we we never charge fees on introductions because we don't want to create friction from getting resources into these solutions. So if you genuinely are interested, uh, our entire portfolio is up online. You can just see it on the website, and we're happy to bridge any and all introductions. Great. Thank you very much indeed, and what a wonderful example of shared value. And Daniel, thank you very much indeed for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's a privilege. Thanks so much. For more information on shared value, visit sharedvalue.org or sharedvalue.org.au or join the conversation on Twitter or LinkedIn with hashtag shared value.